Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the All American Sports Podcast. Here, I'm your host Chris Carr, bringing you guys a brand new episode today. Same as yesterday, but a little different. Previewing the NFL season next. So, as I mentioned today, in addition to yesterday's podcast episode. Uh, I am recording a second part to this. Uh, yesterday we did, and I'll give a little recap here. Uh, basically what I'm doing, and I don't want to have a long introduction like I did yesterday because that was a longer podcast. I want to keep it brief for you guys, keep you guys entertained. Um, but basically we took our Sports Illustrated magazine. I've been kind of interacting a lot more with sports media, sports writing. And I always have, but I haven't really mentioned it enough I think in my podcast because I get a lot of my inspiration my ideas from these guys this is what I want to do when I get older um and Sports Illustrated has always been one of my favorites now they have a lot of bold predictions and uh you know I'm looking at their projected records and their over-unders um but mainly what I'm doing for each team is looking at what they uh have described as the best and worst case scenario and I'm picking a side I might not feel strongly one way but I have to pick a side pick between the two um, and you know, I'm trying to be as realistic as possible, give my opinion, give my thoughts in addition to reading the commentary here from Sports Illustrated and their writers. So we're going to start off getting right into it here in the NFC East with number one, uh, projected seed being the Dallas Cowboys here in the division. They are projected to be 11 and six this year with the over under set at 10 and a half. And the best case is described that Dak Prescott will find another gear late in the season C.D. Lamb establishes himself as a superstar wide receiver in his third year now. Uh, in his third year, and now that Amari Cooper has gone to Cleveland, uh, Dallas makes a run into the Super Bowl for the first time since the Troy Aikman era. And the worst case for the Cowboys are the long season provi- uh, proves to be too much for a once dominant but now aging offensive line. And a banged up team limps into the playoffs as a wild card entrant after a December swoon. Prescott shrinks in January again. Mike McCarthy is out as coach. Interesting for the Cowboys, but honestly, I think that loss of Mari Cooper was very, very undervalued. Um, I've never really loved this defense, honestly. And the fact that the Cowboys really haven't been able to fully take advantage of a very, very poor division over the past few years, it's kind of alarming to me. I mean, this team should be winning the division by a lot every year, but they really haven't. They haven't done any damage in the postseason recently. Um, and now without Amari Cooper, you're left with C.D. Lamb all by himself, which I don't think is good. I think C.D. Lamb is a really good wide receiver too. Could even be a solid one, but you have to have a really good two to kind of take the pressure off him. He's a young guy, you know, a thin, wiry frame, don't know that he can do it all by himself. Um, I think Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. I think he's got you know a solid running back tandem. But once again, offensive line isn't what it used to be. And the entire defense needs work all around. They can be competitive. They can make some plays. But overall, consistency throughout a season is a big question mark. And I see this more as a worst-case scenario. Um, I think they got worse in the offseason. They have never been that great of a team in past years. And I lean towards the worst-case scenario. I don't see them making a run for the Super Bowl. I think it's more realistic that they fire Mike McCarthy. Um, And by the way, the worst-case scenario is they still get into the playoffs. So um, not too bad there for the Cowboys, but worst-case scenario for sure. 
Uh, number two next is the Philadelphia Eagles. The best case scenario for them is the passing game expands beyond the Hurts to Brown connection, but it's the infusion of speed on defense thanks to new edge rusher Hassan Reddick and rookie linebacker Nakobe Dean that launches the Eagles past Dallas for the division crown. And the worst case for the Eagles is the Eagles get their answers on Hertz. He remains effective with his legs, but inconsistent with his arm. The reinforced defense still gets diced up by quality quarterbacks, as it did last year. Philly missed the playoffs and heads into the offseason looking for a new quarterback. By the way, the projected uh, record for Philly is 10-7 and seven with the over-under at 8.5, uh, which I think is very disrespectful to have an 8.5 uh, over on the record. Look, I actually like Nick Sirianni. I thought he was uh, very good last year with a not-so-great team, uh, made the most of them, and I think their offense, or really, I, I shouldn't say offense, uh, I meant to say off-season additions really are great. They made improvements everywhere. I think the A.J. Brown um, ad was huge on offense. I know that's the big name everybody gets attracted to because he's so great, but what the main thing that does is it really takes the pressure off Devontae Smith. You have two you know, drastically different receivers, but that'll help Jalen Hurts. He has the ability to get out of the pocket. I think he's talented enough not to be a great quarterback in this league, but good enough, especially in a poor division. Um, I see them winning the division, honestly. I think they are the best roster. Uh, the, you know, there's not a lot of great coaching in this league or in this division, and um, Nick Sirianni is up there. Uh, I think we need another year or two before I really know how he is, but I think this team is going to be competitive. Uh, as, as it mentioned, they have speed everywhere. They're going to be a fiery, competitive team. I like the Eagles, um, at, you know, trending upwards. They got a good blend of veterans and uh, and young guys on this team. I thought they were headed into a rebuild a year or two from you know ago, but they're really trending in the right direction as of late, and I think they will uh, definitely make the postseason. Number three, the Washington Commanders. Their projected record in 2022 is 7-10, over under is 7.5. Best case scenario for Washington is the defense is the sum of its impressive parts, with the line wreaking havoc and Young back uh, at full, and well, Chase Young back at full strength. Sorry, some of the names in here, they just say like Young. They don't say like Chase Young. Um, so I'm a little stumbling here, but uh, the Commanders are at their best in the December slot with Wentz avoiding big mistakes. The team rides a low-scoring winning streak to a wild-card berth. The worst-case scenario for Washington is the defense's back seven doesn't hold up its end of the bargain. An offensive line weakened by the losses in free agency of Brandon Sheriff and Eric Flowers leaves Wentz under fire and making the kind of bad decisions that wore out his welcome in previous stops. Uh, I'm going to go best case scenario here for Washington. Honestly, I love this defense. The one big injury they had was Chase Young, but if he can really get anywhere near where he was a year or two ago, um, I think they're in good hands. His leadership is great on and off the field. I, you know, I can see him, this team plays together on the defense side of the ball. And I think the offensive side of the ball, yeah, they did lose a lot of, you know, a few pieces of their offensive line which is really the only thing that worries me, though. I think this wide receiver core is well-improved. Um, Curtis Samuel healthy. Jahan Dotson seems to be impressing the preseason, seems to be Wentz's favorite target, takes the pressure off a very talented and underrated now receiver in Terry McLaurin. I like the running back room this year. Uh, sounds like Brian Robinson, hopefully, if he is healthy, 
um, can make a difference. And I've always liked Antonio Gibson McKissick. I like that duo. I think it's underrated. And even if you don't have a great offensive line that can run up the gut with Gibson, they can dump it off to McKissick in the backfield. I think he's going to be a nice safety blanket for Wentz. And I think Wentz is a solid quarterback. He's going to have a chip in his shoulder playing against the Eagles. Um, I like Ron Rivera. I talked about, you know, not a lot of great coaching in this division. There's really not, but Ron Rivera is probably the best. Um, That's why I said that stuff I did about uh, Nick Sirianni being hopeful and, you know, positive for the Eagles. But Ron Rivera is probably the best coach in this division. Um, and I like, I, I like them to maybe make the wild card. I, I don't think they're, you know, the kind of team that Wentz is going to be done after the year. Um, I think they can be competitive. Uh, number four, the New York Giants, their projected record is six and 11 over under seven and a half, which I actually think is pretty generous, uh, considering the Eagles is at eight and a half. New York is at seven and a half. Anyways, the best case scenario is that the offense revived as Brian Dable emphasizes Daniel Jones blend of pocket presence and athleticism, Barkley tops 1,500 yards, a rusher and receiver, and wide receiver Kenny Galladay plays up to his four-year $72 million contract. Big Blue plays meaningful January football. Interesting. Uh, the worst-case scenario is a young defense doesn't deliver in new defensive coordinator Wink Martindale's complex system. As for the offense, back to the drawing board. Jones fails to take off, and the Giants picking in the top five again. Look for yet another quarterback of the future. Now, this is a drastic difference between best and worst case here. Um, But honestly, I'm going to head to the worst case scenario. Uh, I'm not too confident about Saquon Barkley and his health. I think this offensive line is still a far cry away from anything um, positive. I think it's a major hole. It has been for a while. They really have not made significant improvements there. And the wide receiver room is is not great either. I like the added uh, addition of Wandale Robinson, and you know they have Kadarius Tony. They've you know if this team really does, if everything works out offensively, their questions are answered. Like Daniel Jones actually plays you know well. Barkley's health isn't an issue. He's back to his former self, and then you know Wandale Robinson is great, and Kadarius Tony's game wasn't a fluke. They could be a really good team on the offense side of the ball, but that's a lot of ifs. Um, I don't think the defense is that great. I, I just think that the best case scenario is a little unrealistic for me. Um, I, you know, I, I like some of the players they have on defense. I like Wink Martindale. I like this coaching staff. I just think they were brought into kind of not, a not great situation, and they don't seem like they've been playing together in training camp. Giants always have problems early on in the season. It worries me. I think they're going to be more of the worst case scenario. Next, the NFC North, number one, the Green Bay Packers, projected to be 11-6 and six, over under at 11.5. The best-case scenario is that Aaron Rodgers shows no signs of slowing down at age 38, winning a third straight MVP award. Complimented by a dominant defense, the Packers get it done in the postseason, too, with Rodgers lifting the Lombardi Trophy for the first time in 11 years. Wow, okay. Worst-case scenario is that new receivers struggle in Green Bay, leaving Rodgers frustrated. Uh, and the defense, meanwhile, is hit by injuries once again. The Packers limp into the postseason as NFC North champs, but lose a playoff game in Lambeau for the third straight year. The worst-case scenario is exactly what's going to happen. Um, I, I actually like this defense. I think it is probably the most underrated in the league, but... Devontae Adams not being there hurts them a lot more than people think. I don't know how people have this team really competing in the postseason. They don't have that offensive firepower. 
Um, I, I just don't I, – like, I think Rodgers is a great quarterback. Sure, he can spread the ball around. He has no one to go to late in games. There is no one. I like the running backs, sure, but that can only get you so far. When teams start stacking the box, I can't see Alan Lazard beating any team's cornerback one late in game. It's just not going to happen. One-on-one, not going to work. Uh, I think Rodgers, once again, great defense, great coach, actually pretty good. Uh, Matt LaFleur, I just kind of flourishes in the pro season. But um, uh, the worst case scenario is actually a really good thing for the Packers still. Like, that's a successful season making it to the playoffs. I don't think they have a good enough roster to make it into the Super Bowl. Rodgers hasn't been built for that the past few years, even when their roster is at his best and he's playing his best. Um, so worst case scenario, definitely for the Packers. They have, you know, still good situation uh, winning the division, going to the playoffs. Number two, interestingly enough, is the Detroit Lions, uh, projected to be 9-8 and eight with the over-under at 6.5. Best case scenario is that Jared Goff looks reborn as the Lions shred defenses with their array of offensive weapons. When the defense is still a work in progress, it is opportunistic enough to create 25 takeaways, up 19 from last year. Very specific. Uh, and the franchise earns its first playoff berth since 2016. Worst case scenario for Detroit is that the offense merely treads water where the young defense too often breaks. After early stumbles, the team loses some exciting spirit, basically what happened last year, by the way, uh, and realize that it needs a new quarterback to truly thrive. Campbell keeps his job but enters the 2023 season on the hottest of seats. Interesting. Um, I, it's, I'm definitely somewhere in between in the Lions. I don't see them making it to the playoffs, but... Honestly, I, I like this team. I like what I saw. If any of you guys watch HBO's Hard Docs, this team actually looked really, really good. Um, they play together. I love their mentality. I actually love Dan Campbell. Uh, I hate to say it, but he's so different from everybody else in the NFL. But I, I, I love him. You got to love the guy. I mean, he's so different. It's such a new thing that we don't see out of coach in the league anymore. But I actually love his intensity, his love for the game, passion. It's a new style of coaching, but it works. Um, and I actually think Jared Goff is a solid quarterback. I really do. I think he's got a nice blender receivers. DJ Chark is a speedy guy. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown could do it all, but he is really, really nice. And the quarterback's really best friend because he can run uh, any route underneath and find ways to get open. TJ Hawkinson's a nice tight end. They actually got a gr- great offensive line for how bad they are. Uh, as a team last year, they had a great offensive line. The running backs are solid. The defense has some question marks. That's where I worry. But if they can get some shootouts and Dan Campbell strategies, well, they can win some games. They really can. And I'm looking at a best-case scenario. I think this team will not lose its fighting spirit. And honestly, I don't see them being as bad as they were last year. They're too good now. They're too far improved and moved on from last year to be that same exact team. Number three is the Minnesota Vikings here, the projected 2022 record being 7-10, over-under at 8.5. Best-case scenario here is that the Sean McVay coaching tree does it again as Kevin O'Connell coaxes a stunning season out of quarterback Kirk Cousins while Jefferson wins Offense Player of the Year honors. Thanks to a smoke-and-mirrors defense, the Vikings get to 10 wins and the playoffs. The worst case is that Cousins is no Matthew Stafford, and it shows as O'Connell's offense remains middling. Meanwhile, a secondary that's one part too old and one part too young (laughs) struggles, uh, particularly without Zimmer there to coach it up. 
And Minnesota finishes 2022 thinking rebuild. Interesting, because I can really see this going both ways. It's going to depend on how Kirk Cousins plays, really does, because uh, I think Kevin O'Connell can get him there. It really just going to depend. Can he execute? Can he make the throws? This is basically the same exact team we've seen in previous years that's been middling. Um, I like that word that they use to describe, you know, the worst case scenario. But they've been, you know, around the middle. They can sneak into the playoffs, sure, but we know they're not going to get any further than that. If they miss the playoffs, so what? They're going to stick around, be like this, give it a go one more year. We've seen that time and time again. They switched up the coach this year, who I like. McVay's coaching staff really works out in the NFL, as we've seen. Uh, but the quarterback, it's all about the quarterback. Uh, and, you know, can Kirk Cousins deliver? He's got a good offense around him. Um, you know, a little bit of a questionable defense, but they mentioned smoke and mirrors. This isn't a great division. They can get it done. Um, and they have, you know, enough power. They've shown in, in past years to get to a good record. Um, their defense is going to be a major problem. That's all, that's all it is. And the quarterback is where it comes down to, you know, I believe her in Kirk Cousins enough. I think I am. I'm going to go best case scenario here. They're not in a great division. I have a lot of questions all around the board. 10 wins in the playoffs is, you know, not even that great either. And uh, I, I like Justin Jefferson. I like Dalvin Cook. Uh, you know, they have a solid offensive line. I think Kirk Cousins with some coaching up could be really good. I can't see him being really bad. At worst case, he's somewhere, you know, mediocre in between. You know, lean towards the better uh, of the two. Now, the Chicago Bears, uh, interestingly enough, are picked Fourth here in the division, projected in 2022 record at 3-14. and 14. Over-under, though, is 6.5. Very surprising, some of these over-unders. Uh, anyways, the best-case scenario is that it's uh, Coaches League and Matt Eberflus uh, and Getsky, or Eberflus and Getsky get the most out of their respective units. The scrappy uh, Bears are a tough out every week with Field showing that he is a franchise quarterback. Bears finished below 500, but optimism is high going into 2023. Worst case scenario is that there's simply not enough talent on the roster to win games. But even worse, Fields' development remains stuck in the Soldier, soldier Field mud, uh, playing behind an offensive line that can't protect him and a group of receivers that can't get open. Definitely worst case scenario. Honestly, if there's any team that I'm least optimistic about, it's the Chicago Bears. They have nothing exciting about them. I don't, the really only little exciting thing is Justin Fields. Don't think he's going to be that good. We saw him last year. People are acting like that was not Justin Fields. That was Justin Fields. Uh, It was bad. Yeah, he didn't have help around him, but he doesn't this year. Uh, That's not going to change. He's a defensive head coach. So I don't think that's going to change a lot. Um, offensively, defense might be solid, but not enough to win a lot of games. And I just, I, there's really, I'm not a believer in Darnell Mooney at all. I think Dave Montgomery is fine, but like, you're not going to run the ball all game, uh, with this offensive line, this kind of, you know, team, you're going to be down a lot. I, I just really nothing, nothing truly gets me going about this team. I can't see them winning more than three or four games, um, I think they should trade Roquan Smith and completely retool the roster. Uh, if I were the general manager, I'm getting a little off topic, but definitely worst case scenario. Um, I'm not a big Justin Fields believer. Um, NFC South. 
Number one here is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The best case scenario for them is the defense carries the team early as the offense finds its footing when the new slot receiver, former Falcon Russell Gage, and tight end rookie Kate Otten and Brady is all the parts working by the time the playoffs arrives. Uh, the quarterback makes his 10th Super Bowl start at the end of the season. Interesting. And by the way, uh, Tampa Bay is projected to finish 13-4. and Over-under is 11 and a half. Worst case scenario, uh, anything short of a Super Bowl victory is a disappointment for a Brady-led team, which is why a second straight divisional round loss doesn't go over well. Brady's second free agents tour, Miami-San Francisco, unofficially starts in January. Interesting. This is a very, very... Um, this is a very small difference between the best and worst case scenario. But honestly, I'm going to go best case. I've always been a believer in the Bucs. I don't think Bruce Arians is a huge loss, honestly. Todd Bowles uh, has been a head coach. He's been a leader on this team. And Byron left, which is great, too. This is going to be really a two-head coach team. Uh, they have all the pieces on offense to get it done for sure. Yeah, some of the offensive line left, but Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, he, people can say he can't get out of the pocket. Yeah, so what? He's got like four top-tier receivers, uh, you know, can all get open. The running backs are good. The defense is awesome. They've got a great coaching staff, and they just find ways to win games. They're an experienced team. They won a Super Bowl two years ago, not worried about them in the slightest. Best-case scenario for Tampa. Number two, uh, the New Orleans Saints, they are projected to finish 9-8. and eight. Over-under is at 7.5. The best-case scenario is that the defense is spectacular all year long and delivers two more dominant performances against Brady's Bucks. Uh, Dennis Allen is 4-1 against them in his career, by the way. Uh, Thomas returns to all-pro form, helping Winston in the offense, and the Saints have a wild-card spot wrapped up by Week 17. Worst-case scenario is that Peyton's absence looms large, uh, as Drew Brees did, did last year uh, and continues to do so. Winston forces throws into coverage and deals out interceptions and bunches. The defense's stellar season is wasted, and the Saints decide to tear it all down, ending in 2023. This is a team that, honestly, I feel like is overrated, but the worst-case scenario I don't see happening. I think Winston is improved, playing against for your team, a lot like Carson Wentz. I, I, I like what I saw last season out of him. Uh, I think he can get it done. I think he has good help on offense. This is a... Roster that's actually built pretty well. They've got some, you know, kind of playmakers that you forget about on defense. Their offense is actually really good. Um, as long as Thomas is somewhat near to where he, you know, was. They've got him, Landry, and Olave. Uh, I like the backfield with Mark Ingram and Kamara. And a great offensive line, by the way. Defense is good. You got a defensive head coach in uh, Dennis Allen who can really coach him up and lead him to victory in the promised land. So I'm going to go best case scenario for the Saints. I'm actually sneaking confident in them. Uh, and by the way, the rest of this division is not that great either. So I think they can take advantage of that. Um, number three, the Carolina Panthers. And by the way, on, on the Saints too, they can get some division wins, even against the Bucs. I, I don't know, but that piece about uh, Dennis Allen, I always forget about. They tear up Brady in the box. I don't know what it is, but they know how to beat him too. So you could see some sneaky wins pulled out there as well. Uh, number three is the Carolina Panthers. They are projected to finish 5-12, over-under at 5.5. Best case scenario is Carolina starts out 3-0 and for a second straight year, uh, but this time it sustains that success. The young defense takes the next step 
but the big story is the odd couple of Mayfield and McAdoo. The QB and coordinator revive their careers as Panthers clinch a wild card spot. The worst case scenario is Mayfield, like Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold before him, proves he's not the long-term answer in Carolina. And the next Panthers quarterback will be selected by a different coach and general manager as owner David Tepper cleans house after the season. Uh, tough, tough call here. Because I actually like Carolina. I really do. Uh, I think they're closer to the best case scenario because I don't think Tepper will fire Matt Rule. Um, to be honest, it's unlike him because I know he's so impatient, but I, I'd say wait it out in this one. They've got a lot of young guys. It's too early to give up on this team, even if they finish somewhere in the middle of the road. And I think this roster is actually good enough to finish somewhere in the middle of the road. Um, they have the playmakers on offense and improved offensive line. The defense is sneaky good. I love their corners. Brian Burns anchors a strong edge rush. And then you got Jeremy Chin, a real Good hybrid guy. Would not be surprised to see them finish over the Saints in this division. I would see, be surprised if they finish over the Bucks, but they could be a good team. Uh, the coaching I'm not too confident about, but I'd give it a chance with this young team for sure. So Carolina, best case. Number four, the Atlanta Falcons. They're projected 2022 records 3-14, over under at 4.5. Um so the best case scenario is that they don't have the right pieces. Uh, but, well, you know what? So this surprises me. Yeah, the Bears are set at 6.5 over under, and Falcons are at 4.5. Just interesting to me. Uh, but the best case scenario is they don't have the right pieces, but the Falcons do have a roster that competes and steals a half a dozen wins. Uh, wide receiver Drake London is the offensive rookie of the year, while Ritter starts and impresses in three late-season victories, earning the number one quarterback job heading into 2023. The worst-case scenario is the Falcons are winless heading into December and at risk of becoming the first 0-17 team in NFL history. Uh, their first victory in a home game against the Steelers comes in a near-empty stadium. The fan base seems more invested in Ryan's run in Indy. Oof, well, the worst case is pretty bad. Um, but honestly, uh, it's really tough. I, it's tough to go best case for a whole division, but I did do this with the uh, AFC North where I did worst case for every team. But honestly, I'm going to go best case. I think they can surprise a lot of teams. Mariota is a good playmaker. Uh, Pitts and London are actually solid. There's a lot of just young guns. Like Cordero Patterson can make plays. The offensive line isn't great, but... Mariota can run around, and I do like Arthur Smith as a head coach. And the defense isn't playmakers. I mean, you got guys like Grady Jarrett who can stop the run. You got A.J. Terrell on the outside. Uh, I, well, they don't have Foyce to Luicon anymore. But, I mean, you have some guys there. I think if you can steal a few wins, that's all they're saying in the best case. If you can steal a few wins, get some good surprises, I think they can hang around and be competitive. I just can't see them being that bad. Worst case scenario, like 0-17 team and 1. Like, I don't think everyone's going to completely fall off of the Falcons. So pump the brakes with the worst case scenario there. Anyways, our last division here. Uh, the number one seed in the NFC West is projected to be the San Francisco 49ers, according to SI. Projected 2022 records at 12-5. Over-under is set at 9.5. 
Let's see. The best case scenario is all the hand wringling all her lances and experience seems silly in retrospect, as his ability to stress uh, defenses downfield and his threat to run open up new possibilities for the offense. With a defense that's more than stout enough, the 49ers make it to the Super Bowl. Wow, okay. Worst case scenario is that Lance struggles at times, and Shanahan decides he can't afford to be patient, putting the young prodigy back in the bench. Shanahan's system creates enough offense to get back to the postseason, but the Niners can't score points like the other NFC Blue Bloods. Same thing with the Packers. The worst case scenario is exactly what's going to happen. I think he's going to go with Garoppolo earlier than expected. Um, and the worst case scenario is not bad at all. That's what I would predict them for sure. Um, like I, this is a solid enough roster all around. We, we know them inside and out. We've seen it. Um, if they don't get the injury bug, they'll be fine. And I, I actually like Jimmy Garoppolo a lot more than Trey Lance, not Lance believer. And I'm actually a believer in Garoppolo. I think he's a solid quarterback. I like that they brought him back. I didn't like the way they handled it, but Offense is good. Defense has been good. Coaches are good. Um, they're in a tough, tough division, but can uh, they can still be competitive? And the worst case is still very good if they can sneak into the postseason. So, worst case for the 49ers. Number two, the Los Angeles Rams projected twenty twenty two record is eleven six over under ten and a half. I don't understand the hate on the Rams. They just won the Super Bowl. Why is the over under at ten and a half? Anyways, moving on, you'll see my pick in a second. I can already tell where this is going. Uh, but the best case scenario is that things pick up right where they left off, except the Rams are healthier across the board and stay that way in 2022. Cup and Robinson each top 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. Donald is still Donald, and the Rams throw another February parade in Los Angeles. I like that. I like how that sounds. The worst case scenario is it, uh, they call it a Super Bowl hangover. Uh, but it's more a combination of age, injuries, and signs of burnout on the coaching staff. The Rams turned it on just enough in December to sneak in the playoffs as a wild card, but go out with a one-and-done whimper. See, like, I don't see why the worst-case scenario for the Rams is, like, worse than the 49ers' worst-case scenario. They just won the One team just won the Super Bowl. One team, like, barely made it in the playoffs. Actually, I don't even know if the 49ers didn't. No, they did. They did. Um, but, I like... Definitely best case for them. I see them repeating much more than I see them sneaking in the postseason. Everybody forgets about the Bobby Wagner ad. Maybe they say he's too old. I really like this defense I have. They haven't lost a lot uh, from last year. And I think they improved the offense. You had a guy like Allen Robinson instead of Robert Woods. Yeah, there's no OBJ, but there still could be. He's still unsigned. I bet he'll come back. Now you have Cam Akers. The offensive line did lose a little bit. Um, but if Stafford is healthy, that's the one question um, that I kind of forgot about, to be honest. But if Stafford is healthy, it sounds like he is. Um, he, they'll be fine. McVay is a great coach, one of the best in the NFL. The coordinators are good. Everything about this team is just solid. And they proved it last year. They're very well-rounded. They're capable of winning. I think they can do it again this year. Best case scenario for the Rams. Number three, the Arizona Cardinals projected to be 9-8 over under at 9.5. Best case scenario is that Cliff Kingsbury updates his offense with some Shanahan-like concepts, helping Kyler Murray catch opponents off guard early. Hopkins' midseason return gives the team another shot in the arm as the Cardinals finally finish strong and route to a surprise division title. 
Uh, the worst case scenario is that the air raid offense looks stale, especially with a de- dearth quality, with a dearth of quality receivers. Uh, the defense is unremarkable without Jones. Murray unfollows the team's social media accounts, and the former baseball prospect spends January thinking about the Oakland A's spring training. Now I know that's meant to be humorous, but humorous, but that is outrageous. The worst case scenario is awful. Like there's no way that happens, right? I I mean, and really, good. if this team really falls apart. Maybe, but I, I, we've seen them in past years. Murray got a big contract extension. They're obviously confident in him. I like James Conner. You don't even need a great offensive line for a guy like Kyle Murray, but I think Marquise Brown fits this team a lot better than DeAndre Hopkins did. And we've seen just about everybody in the defense. The big loss is Chandler Jones, which is going to hurt them. But if their defense can be solid enough, they can win a lot of games. I like the best-case scenario, mostly because I feel like the worst case shouldn't. Definitely not happen. Um, I, I mean, the bottom part is more of a joke, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Number four, the Seattle Seahawks projected to be 3-14. and 14. Over-under for them is 5.5. The best-case scenario is uh, Carroll built this program around competition. The Seahawks take on a scrappy personality, as they did in his early years in Seattle. There's no postseason berth. Uh, but they avoid 10 losses, and the franchise is reinvigorated heading into 2023. Very well written. I actually like the best-case scenario for them because that's exactly what could happen. Like, you're taking a negative with, you know, a lot of competition, no, no true starters, but turning it into a positive. I like that by these Sports Illustrated writers. Uh, the worst-case scenario here for the Seahawks is that the overmatched Seahawks uh, do not lose just often. They lose ugly. Uh, the island of misfit toys that makes up the defensive roster allows the most points in the NFL. And Carroll, after 12 seasons, won't be back in Seattle uh, to decide the number one pick in the 2023 draft. Wow. Um, I can see both these happening, honestly. It's tough to pick one. I But, like, so you're avoiding 10 losses and you're going to 8-9. That's a stretch. I don't, I honestly, the quarterback's not good. Running backs aren't good. The receivers are good, but the offensive line's bad. And the defense really is the island of misfit toys. And Pete Carroll, questionable. I don't, you can be a good coach. How good can you be a coach a team like this to a mediocre record? I, I don't see it. Um, I, I see the worst case scenario here, and I've picked a lot of best case scenarios for the NFC too. So, Worst case scenario for the Seahawks, especially in a tough division, too. Uh, but that wraps it up for my series of NFL season previews. Uh, this is the NFC edition. Long podcast, I know, but I'm going to bring you guys some more episodes soon. Thank you for joining me, especially if you stayed all the way to the end. And I'll see you next time. Peace.